Football, the football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate, Terry, and Mete. What's up, boys? Yo. Hey, yo. All right. In today's episode, uh, we're just going to recap all of the games in the NFL from week 16, take a look at some of the scores there, uh, and then we'll move right into the fantasy football pickups for the week. Uh, a lot of um, teams are going into their um, fantasy football finals um, if you got that far so we definitely got pickups there for you and then we'll hop right into the preview for week 17 of the NFL uh, slate we'll talk about the players you should be starting and take a look at some of the spreads for some of the games so yeah let's just hop right into it getting to the recap for week 16 we'll start with the Thursday game Tennessee Titans being the San Francisco 49ers 20 to 17 big comeback win for the Titans in this game just taking a look at the stats here for Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, 209 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Jeremy McNichol, seven carries for 31 yards. Deontay Foreman added nine carries for 17 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, A.J. Brown returned in this game, got all the work pretty much, 11 receptions, 145 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Nick Westbrook, Akeen adding two for 38 there. Uh, not much else from the rest of the offense, but I guess, Matty, I'll get you on the Titans. I guess, what do you like from them in this game? Yeah, I liked A.J. Brown, obviously. Uh, like you said, he definitely carried the offense, I feel like. Uh, more than 50% of Tannehill's yards came from A.J. Brown. So, yeah, he makes a huge difference for them. They had Julio Jones as well, and he's not looking great this season, but still Julio Jones, so... Uh, in the playoffs, he could just break out because uh, we know what he could do. And the run game was lackluster, but, yeah, they got it done this game. Yeah, I definitely agree. Getting back a guy like A.J. Brown, uh, it's really solid. Obviously, with Julio Jones, it hasn't really worked out that well in Tennessee. Hopefully, when he comes off the COVID list, I guess he'll sort of play a bit better, maybe get a bit, tar- bit more targeted. Um, we'll move to the 49ers now. Jimmy Garoppolo, he threw for 322 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but also two interceptions. In terms of rushing, Jeff Wilson, 14 carries, 45 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Debo Samuel, five carries for 32 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Debo Samuel putting in all the work, nine catches, 159 receiving yards. Kyle Juszczyk, three for 45. Brandon Ayuk, four for 40 yards and a receiving touchdown. And Jamichael Hasty, three catches for 26 yards. I guess Terry... Let me get to you. I guess, what did you see from the 49ers? Uh, I mean, not that much outside of, you know, playing decently consistent. But unfortunately, Debo Samuels had two fumbles. Same way with Jermichael Hastings and Brandon. You can, I'm not so sure if he had a fumble as well, but outside of him, yeah. Uh, Debo played great as always. You're hoping for that when it comes to your wideout one. And unfortunately, George Kittle didn't get involved that much, especially with a big guy like him. You're hoping to involve him in the passing game a little bit more. I believe Jeff Wilson only 45 yards in that touchdown. Um, just having the split backfield with Jermichael Aces, you're hoping for him to get a little bit more yardage and helping the team out like on the run game and assisting Jeremy Garoppolo. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And... Tennessee 
capitalized on their mistakes, whether it be the INTs or the fumbles, and they just play better. Yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like the 49ers, they got off to a lead. They sat on it a little bit. Um, they didn't feed some of their guys like Ayuk and Kittle. And then, yeah, the Titans came back and won. So good win on the Titans. Uh, we'll move to the next game here. Green Bay uh, beating the Cleveland Browns 24-22. Uh, to 22. Uh, This was a Saturday game. Uh, we'll get to the stats for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 202 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. I believe he set the all-time Packers record for touchdowns as well. So good on him. Uh, in terms of rushing, Aaron Jones, 12 carries, 66 yards. A.J. Dillon, 9 for 41. Alan Lazard, 1 for 13. And then uh, in terms of receiving, Demonte Adams, 10 catches, 114 yards and two receiving touchdowns, really solid. Alan Lazard, two catches, 45 yards and receiving touchdown. Aaron Jones went 5 for 21 in this game. I guess, Mette, I'll bounce to you on the Packers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Yeah, uh, this was a close one, actually. Packers only putting up three points in the second half. The Browns almost came back. So, yeah, uh, nice try by the Browns. But like you said, Rodgers broke the record. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Brett Favre video. It was pretty funny when he was congratulating Rodgers. He seemed pretty uh, mad about it, I won't lie. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's get back to the game. Like I said, that second half was really shaky for them. They were only able to score three points. They left the door wide open for the Browns. and. Yeah, they almost blew this game away. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, this is another one of these games, like we talked about for the last game. Uh, the team that was ahead sort of sat on their lead, and Packers almost paid for it. They got some key stops at the end, though. Uh, and it kind of was because of Baker Mayfield. He threw four picks in this game to go along with his two touchdown passes and 222 yards. Um, in terms of rushing, Nick Chubb, 17 carries, 126 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Dearness Johnson had four carries, 458 yards. And then moving to receiving, uh, Richard Higgins, five catches, 58 yards. Nick Chubb, three catches, 58 yards. Jarvis Landry, four for 55. Austin Hooper, three for 26. And then both Anthony Schwartz and Harrison Bryant had one catch for a receiving touchdown. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on the Browns. I guess, what are your thoughts in this loss? supposed to be this was this would have been a much needed win for the Browns as they're trying to make the playoffs but unfortunately trying to make the playoffs against the Packers is not exactly an ideal situation um I think uh, I think I guess the plus side I think Nick Chubb did a really good job against the Packers run defense that I thought would give him a hard time but they were able to make some adjustments for Nick Chubb and he was able to still get a touchdown and 100 over 100 yards, so I think that was good. Um, they were able to, I guess, limit the Packers passing a, a little bit. I think the game was lower scoring than I expected. I, was, I thought the Packers might have been able to score like 30, 30 points possibly, so the fact that that didn't happen was, I think, good as well, but obviously elephant in the room was Baker throwing four interceptions. Um, I want to say that he can um, do better because he is uh, he was playing injured but at the same time like yeah maybe there maybe there's like some rationale for why he made those throws but at the same time he can't really be throwing four interceptions yeah I definitely agree uh, this Browns team they looked a lot better in this game compared to past outings uh, they are getting a lot healthier 
hopefully Baker can sort of turn things around and then this team can sort of try to make a push at getting into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, let's just move right on to the next game, another Saturday night game. Indianapolis Colts being the Arizona Cardinals, 22-16. to 16. Good win for the Colts. They had a lot of players out in this game, especially offensive linemen. Um, Carson Wentz, 225 passing yards, uh, two passing touchdowns for him. In terms of rushing, Jonathan Taylor, 27 carries for 108 uh, rushing yards, another big day. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Michael Pittman, eight catches, 82 yards. T.Y. Hilton, four catches, 51 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Mo Ali Cox had two for 42. And uh, Desmond Patman, his one catch went for 14 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess um, I'll get to you, Terry, on the Colts. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Uh, just behind Jonathan Taylor's run, uh, rushing upside, they're just following in suit. I mean, they're what now, fifth in the AFC hunt when it comes to playoff positioning. I believe they're behind the Colts. No, not the Colts. What am I saying? They're behind the Bills. Um, they're 9-6. They're currently 9-6. Probably not going to see that much changing when it comes to seeding after this week because Bills got the Falcons and Colts do have the Raiders, so you're expecting both of them to win out. Um, outside of that, I mean, they're just playing as efficient as they can. They're trying to uh, catch up to the Titans when it comes to their yeah, when it comes to them being the title contenders of the division, they're still on that three-game winning streak. You're hoping for them to continue that going into next week, and not that much else to say. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with all those points. Colts are playing really well, definitely trying to move up, sort of win the division. Um, I think that Titans might have to lose some key games there for that to happen, but still possible, so good on the Colts. I'll move to the Cardinals now. Kyler Murray, 245 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Uh, in terms of rushing, he also rushed four times for 74 yards. I think he had a huge run there uh, that sort of contribute to, contributed to that. Uh, Chase Edmonds added 16 carries on the ground for 56 yards and a rushing touchdown. Getting to receiving, Edmonds led in that uh, eight catches, 71 yards. Zach Ertz, eight catches, 54 yards. Christian Kirk, seven for 48. A.J. Green, one for 33. And Antoine Wesley, two catches, 29 yards. And a receiving touchdown, I guess, Nate. I'll get to you on the Cardinals. I mean, they've lost three in a row, I guess. What are your thoughts? I guess this was kind of an unexpected turn of events for the Cardinals because they had a really hot start to the beginning of the season. And even in the uh, middle of the season, they were basically ruling almost every team they came across. So I guess um, the Colts played some a really good defense. I think when it gets near to the end of the season, the Colts tend to, I guess, tighten up their game a little bit. I remember their play it playoff game I think last season they they took the Bills really down to the wire with their defense so I think um, the Colts are a pretty underrated team yeah I definitely agree um, I feel like the Cardinals um, they're sort of missing some of their key players as well um, guys that have been out Hopkins Connor JJ Watt I mean the list just goes on I mean uh, they really got to find a way to rebound here hopefully they can get some guys back healthy um, moving to the Sunday games uh, right now uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they beat the New York Giants 34 to 10. Uh, we'll start with the Eagles here. Jalen Hurts, 199 passing yards and two passing touchdowns for him. In terms of uh, rushing, Miles Sanders, uh, seven carries, 45 yards. Boston Scott, 12 carries, 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. Jordan Howard at nine for 37. Then moving to receiving, Devontae Smith, 
uh, five catches for 80 yards and a receiving touchdown. Quez Watkins, three for 43. And Dallas Goddard, two for 28. Well, Lane Johnson, um, that's interesting. He had one catch for five yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess Mete going to get to on the Eagles. I guess what are your thoughts on this big win? Yeah, they're uh, red hot right now. They're picking up a lot of wins. Uh, currently sitting at eight and seven. So uh, pretty nice record. Big improvement from last season. As I'm sure you guys remember, the NFC's division winner was only seven and nine. And this season, they've got an 11 4 division leader and an Eagles team who's eight and seven and sitting in a wild card spot. So, yeah, the division's getting better. And the Eagles, their defense has been playing great lately as well. Uh, the running game has looked better, but uh, tough for them here. They lost Miles Sanders, and he's already ruled out for next week. So, yeah, that kind of sucks as last uh, two weeks he's been playing great, and then now uh, they lose him, which is not good. But Jalen Hurts, he's got the rushing upside. He's not running as much, I've noticed. So maybe that's something they can go back to now that Sanders is out. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, their run game has been a lot better lately. And yeah, big win for the Eagles. I guess we'll move to the Giants now. Um, both Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm played in this game. They both threw for under 100 yards. Um, both threw one interception, but Mike Glennon did have a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Saquon Barkley, 15 carries for 32 yards. Devontae Booker, 6 for 27. Then for receiving, Kadarius Tony four catches, 28 yards. Kenny Galladay, three for 22. And then Evan Ingram had four catches for 17 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, let me get to you. I mean, what thoughts do you have on the Giants? Uh, it's a rough season. Um, Barkley was held out due to injury during the start of the season. Now you're running, off, uh, you're running the offense without Daniel Jones. And you're one of your – how should I just put this – uh, drafted players went Kadarius Tony. Um, he didn't put up the greatest stat line, had four receptions, 28 yards, as you mentioned, on nine targets. It's rough. I mean, you have the pieces around you, except they just don't all piece together. And it's one of those years that you just got to write it up as a loss and move on to the next year. I believe they probably have like a top five pick this upcoming draft or something like that. But uh, as I just said, chalk it up as a loss. Yeah, it's been really tough for these this Giants team over the past few seasons. I think the last time they got into the playoffs was that year. I think both them and the Cowboys got in, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it has been a while. Um, they really have a lot of work to do still. So hopefully, I guess they can sort of continue their rebuild. Uh, we'll move to the next game now. The LA Rams being the Minnesota Vikings, 30-23. to I guess uh, getting to the Rams first, Matthew Stafford, 197 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but three interceptions in this game. In terms of rushing, Sony Michelle, uh, 27 carries for 131 yards and a rushing touchdown. Daryl Henderson had one carry for 17 yards. I believe he got injured in this game. Uh, and then moving uh, to receiving, Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 109 yards, as usual for him. Usually he's getting big numbers like that. Tyler Higby, 5 for 41, and then Odell Beckham, 4 for 37, and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Nate, let me get to you on the Rams. I mean, they've been winning quite a bit lately. What are your thoughts? Well, they've been playing really solid. I think uh, the Vikings are a solid team overall, and the Rams are showing that uh, they have a 
pretty talented offense overall. And uh, I guess congratulations to Odell. He was able to get the receiving uh, a receiving touchdown. So I'm glad that he's uh, being used more on this team. Yeah, I definitely agree. This whole Rams team, whether it's offense or defense, is looking pretty solid right now. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, them getting Cam Akers back possibly could, you know, uh, really give them a boost for their offense. And, and yeah, like I said, their defense has been uh, gelling a lot better lately. Uh, we'll get to the Vikings now. Kirk Cousins, 315 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. In terms of rushing, no Dalvin Cook in this game. Alex Madison, 13 carries, 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then for receiving, Justin Jefferson, eight catches, 116 yards. KJ Osborne, five catches, 68 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Tyler Conklin, four for 44. And then Adam Thielen, uh, he had three catches for 40 yards. And I believe he had a season-ending injury. I believe he had surgery for that this week. So no Adam Thielen going forward for the Vikings. I guess, Mete, I'll get to you. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, uh, they've had some games where you're like, wow, the Vikings are great. The one that comes to my mind is their win against the Green Bay Packers. And then just a couple of weeks ago, they gave the Lions their first win. So yeah, they've just been super up and down. And it's been frustrating. I feel like the defense, although this game, they created a lot of turnovers. Uh, they haven't been too great. I think Kirk Cousins has had a great year. Uh, usually he's a guy who gets a lot of flack. I think he's done a great job this season. And then specifically for this game, their run game is usually great. Even when Dalvin Cook is out, Alexander Madison, he fills in. He puts up Cook numbers. And yeah, this game, he couldn't get it going. So that hurt them as well. And like you said, they just lost Adam Thielen. That's really tough for them. He's a great wide receiver. So yeah, he's a great receiver that they could be using right now. But unfortunately for them, uh, it's not looking great right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Their chances of making the playoffs are getting slimmer and slimmer. Um, they're in like what the eighth or ninth seed right now outside looking in. They'll probably have to win out to even have a chance of getting in. They might even need some help after that. So yeah, not looking too good for the Vikings right now. But moving on to the next game, uh, this was a big divisional game here. The Buffalo Bills being the New England Patriots 33 to 21. Uh, we'll get to the stats for the Bills first. Uh, Josh Allen, 314 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. He also rushed 12 times on the ground for 64 rushing yards. Devin Singletary also had 12 carries for 39 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. In terms of receiving, Isaiah McKenzie, I think he had a career day here. 11 catches, 125 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Stefan Diggs, 7 for 85, and a receiving touchdown. Then Devin Singletary had 5 for 39 receiving yards, while Dawson Knox had 2 catches for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, let me get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on the Bills here? Not to get um, Patriots with that loss do have the same identical record as the Bills currently. That moves the Bills up into fourth place into the AFC title picture, or not title picture, but playoff picture. And that moves down the Patriots all the way to six, which links them up as the Bengals matchup if the playoffs started today. With that said, I mean, you're hoping for the rushing game to show up for the Buffalo Bills. But unfortunately, that's not the case most of the time, as Josh Allen is usually the guy to have to do that. 
Devin Singletary, as you said, 12 for 39 and a touchdown. Moss only had three for 12. Um, I believe Allen, they were saying during the game, Allen was probably the first quarterback in NFL history to have like over 100 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns in the first four seasons, which is good for him. And it is also showing that the Buffalo Bills do have their franchise quarterback locked in for a while. I'm not sure about the contract situation, but that's all I got to say for the Bills right now. I was going to say, I thought maybe Lamar Jackson would have had that record, but yeah, good good on uh, Allen for that. And then uh, I guess moving to the Patriots stats here, uh, Mac Jones, 145 passing yards, two interceptions for him. Uh, and then in terms of rushing, Damian Harris back in this game, 18 carries, 103 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Big game for him. Mac Jones also rushed on the ground six times for 33 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Jacoby Myers, six catches for 59 yards. Kendrick Bourne, two for 33. Brandon Bolden, two for 20. And yeah, that was pretty much it for the Patriots offense. I guess, uh, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I guess uh, Mac Jones's um, passing game has been a little bit disappointing, but I can't really give him too much flack because I think uh, the Bills have a really good secondary. So um, they had to go to the run game and the Patriots run game was looking pretty, pretty good. And the Bills were having, I guess, trouble defending that. So good job by Harris with uh, three touchdowns. I feel like the game was um, close for the most part. It's just that the fourth quarter kind of got out of hands. Like the Patriots were able to go into the end zone, but not at the same pace that the Bills were. So I feel like if they had found a way to kind of contain the Bills in the fourth quarter, they might have been um, closer. Yeah, I was just going to say to that, I think the Bills pretty much played a perfect game outside of that rushing defense. But other than that, uh, passing defense was on point. And their offense, I don't even think they punted once. They either went for it or they or, and got stopped or they went for it and they got it on fourth down. So, yeah, um, they they – I mean, the punter just had a nice day there sitting on the bench drinking some Gatorade. So, yeah, good good on the Bills there. Uh, we'll move to the next game. Um, taking a look uh, at the rest of the Sunday slate, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a huge blowout over the Carolina Panthers, 32-6. to That Tom Brady revenge game we talked about from last week, losing to the Saints. He had a huge day here. Um, he had 232 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, and then in terms of rushing, we saw Keyshawn Vaughn lead them in yards, seven carries for 70 yards and a rushing touchdown. Ronald Jones, uh, 20 carries, 65 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Antonio Brown returned in this game, 10 catches, 101 receiving yards. It's clearly Brady's favorite target. Uh, Cyril Grayson had uh, three catches for 81 yards. And then Gronk had one catch for 23 yards, while Cameron Braid had two catches for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Mete, let me get to you on the box. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, like you said, pretty much a bounce back game, revenge game, if you will. And yeah, it's just business as usual. They're missing some guys, but still this Panthers team, they, they've been slumping really hard lately. So I, I think this was kind of inevitable for the Panthers. Yeah, I was just going to say the Panthers just didn't look good here. No matter which quarterback they played this year, whether it's Sam Darnold or Cam Newton or P.J. Walker, 
Like none of them have really looked that competent as passers. I know Cam Newton has been a decent runner. Uh, he did have five carries for 42 yards in this game, but his passing was under 100 yards. Again, he threw a pick. Sam Darnold only threw 190 passing yards. Yeah, they really didn't look good. Um, and then outside of Cam Newton, not really much rushing for them either. Their offensive line's been really bad. Uh, we'll get to their receiving. Uh, she Smith had um, three uh, catches for 86 yards. Robbie Anderson, five for 58. DJ Moore, five for 55. And Tommy Tremble had two catches for 22 yards. Um, I guess, Terry, I'll get to on the Panthers. I guess anything else I didn't mention? No, you basically covered it. Um, I don't even know what to say. Five-game losing streak. You weren't expected to beat this Bucks team after what happened to them last week. Outside of that, I mean, you're just trying to find some guys that can help out the team going into next year. I mean... You just said it yourself. I think Ish Smith, something like that, uh, or Shy Smith. My bad. I mean, he was their best player, probably targeted by Sam Darnold. But outside of that, I mean, not that much else to say. Yeah, and there's not really much else to say when you get pretty much what is it like two field goals and that's in all game. So, yeah, tough on the Panthers. Uh, it's definitely a, a comeback next year for them because they really don't look good this season. Um, getting to the next game, this is the game we joked as the, the lottery bowl, uh, the Jets against the Jags. Uh, the Jets do come out with the win here, uh, 26 to 21. I guess getting to the stats here, uh, Zach Wilson, 102 passing yards with a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Michael Carter back in this game, 16 carries for 108 rushing yards. Zach Wilson, four rushes for 91 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then Tevin Coleman, 14 carries for 57 yards in terms of receiving Braxton Berrios, five catches, 37 yards, Tyler Croft, three for 29, Keelan Cole, two for 25. Well, Connor McDermott had one catch that found the end zone for one yard in a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on the Jets. I mean, this is one of the few wins they've had this season, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess this was kind of one of the teams that the Jets shouldn't really have the most trouble against. Um, I guess both teams are kind of near the bottom. So I figured it was going to be a close game, not because both teams are good, but because they're not not so great. So I guess the scores, score ended up being uh, decently high because of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, not really much from either of these two teams, but the Jets still find a way to get it done. Oh, we'll get to the Jags now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 280 passing yards for him. I'm not going to attempt to say this guy's name because I know I'm going to butcher it. I think it's like Dari Ogunbowale, something like that. Uh, he, he had 17 carries for 57 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then getting to receiving, um, Marvin Jones, eight catches, 74 yards. Tavon Austin, six for 68. Laquan Treadwell, four for 54. And James O'Shaughnessy had four for 49 receiving yards. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on Jacksonville. I guess, what what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I guess they're tanking as, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like uh, they got rid of Urban Meyer and this was kind of like their perfect opportunity to get a win, I think. Their first one without him. And yeah, they missed out. So I guess in, in the long term, it kind of helps them out because uh, like I said, they might be tanking helps them get the number one pick as they are currently in the position for that so yeah long term this actually might have been a 
big win for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, they could have the first overall pick in back-to-back seasons. Um, I don't know what that, that does for them long-term. Hopefully, they select another solid player this year. But yeah, um, it's pretty much a, a tank game for them, like you said. Uh, we'll move to the next game. Speaking of another team that's been tanking, um, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Detroit Lions, who are currently in full tank mode at this point, uh, 20 to 16. Um, getting to the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 215 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Rushing, Mike Davis, seven carries for 28 rushing yards. Cordero Patterson, seven for 14 and a rushing touchdown. And then for receiving, Kyle Pitts, six catches, 102 receiving yards. Russell Gage, four for 39. Oladami Zacchaeus, two for 32. And then Hayden Hurst, two catches, 21 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Terry, let me get to you on the Falcons. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? I believe this was their first home win ever since they beat the Jets, if I'm mistaken. Outside of that, I mean, I guess it's good for them, something like that. Uh, Matt Ryan is still showing he still has a decent arm, 215, as you said, with the touchdown. Outside of that, I mean, not that much else to say. You're probably, I forgot how far they are when it comes to elimination or when they are eliminated. Outside of that, they're still in playoff contention, one of the two. Outside of that, I mean, good for them. If you still want to play for the playoffs, you still got to beat the Bills team this upcoming week. So, I mean, good luck to these guys. Yeah, I believe they're like the eighth or ninth seed, so they're they are pretty close. Uh, they're probably gonna need to win out, get some help probably as well. So yeah, tough road for the Falcons. And then uh, getting to the Lions now, uh, looks like Tim Boyle played in this game, 187 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and an interception. I think Jack Fox threw one pass for it, and it was for 21 yards. Uh, in terms of rushing, Jamal Williams, 19 carries for 77 yards. Craig Reynolds, 11 for 29. Amon Ross St. Brown, 2 for 19. Then for receiving, yeah, St. Brown had a big game, 9 catches, 91 yards and receiving touchdown. Josh Reynolds, 2 for 36. And Craig Reynolds had 3 for 22. I guess, Nate, let me get to you on the Lions. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's a pretty close game by the Lions, um, capitalizing on the I guess the Falcons defense. I don't think the Falcons defense is um, that that good. So I think this was a perfect opportunity for the Lions to try to get an upset. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way, but I think the players played pretty well, um, especially without DeAndre Swift. They were able to get down the field with Jamal Williams. Unfortunately, no rushing touchdown, but Monroe St. Brown played a really good game. So good job to him. Yeah, I was going to say they kept it close. So I think they did a pretty good job. I feel like this Falcons team just played a little bit better. And yeah, the Lions are pretty much building towards next season. So yeah, let's just move on to the next game here. Huge upset. Houston Texans beating the LA Chargers 41 to 29. We'll get to the stats for the Texans here. Really solid game for Davis Mills. 254 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. In terms of rushing, Rex Burkhead, 22 carries, 149 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Royce Freeman at 12 carries for 34 rushing yards. Then in terms of receiving, Chris Conley, three catches, 60 yards and a receiving touchdown. Brevin Jordan, four for 56. Philip Dorsett, three for 55. Chris Moore, four for 40. And then Nico Collins, three catches, 33 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, Mete, let me get to you on Houston. Uh, this is a pretty big win. Yeah, uh, pretty big, like you said. And Davis Mills, he's looking great in his second stint as the starter. 
Uh, this is probably his best game so far as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, pickup of the week, Rex Burkhead had a great game. And yeah, uh, this was this game, uh, this win pretty much just came out of nowhere for the Texans. I don't think anybody, even their fans, were expecting this win. So uh, nice win for them. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think both of these teams had guys out for COVID, but I feel like it impacted the Chargers a little bit more. I'll get to their stats now. Justin Herbert, 336 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but two interceptions. In terms of rushing, Justin Jackson, 11 carries for 64 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then for receiving, Jackson also had eight catches for 98 yards. Jason Moore, three for 56. Jared Cook, three for 44. And Josh Palmer, five catches, 43 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, let me get to you on the Chargers. This is probably one of the more embarrassing losses they've had this year. It is. Uh, that's basically the easiest way to put it. I mean, Texas, Houston Texans, yeah, my tongue's twisted tonight. Uh, Four and 11, don't really got that much else to say. You just lost your playoff spot due to this loss. And now you got to beat the Broncos and hope for the, either the Dolphins or the Patriots to lose just to get back into the playoff contention. Outside of that, I mean, you do have, I don't know, two more games to make this right, but this doesn't help your playoff chances, especially with the fact that, you know, every win counts, especially this late into the season. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they're looking outside the playoff line right now. So if this loss to the Texans eliminates them from the playoffs this year, um, and I mean, we talked about all the issues they had with going in for it on fourth down, um, some games that they could have won earlier in the year that they didn't because of that. They're definitely going to have to look at some of the decision-making, uh, definitely. Uh, we'll move to the next game now. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals being the Baltimore Ravens, 41-21. to Huge win for the Bengals here. Looking at their stats, Joe Burrow, 525 passing yards. That's insane. Four passing touchdowns. Uh, if you had him in fantasy, you're probably in your championship round this coming weekend. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 18 carries, 65 rushing yards, four rushing touchdown as well. In terms of receiving, T. Higgins, 12 catches, 194 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He's another one. If you had him, you're probably in your fantasy finals this coming week. And then Jamar Chase, seven catches, 125 receiving yards. Tyler Boyd, three for 85 and a receiving touchdown. While Joe Mixon at six catches for 70 yards and a receiving touchdown. Terry, I'm going to go right back to you on the Bengals. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? You need to get these wins. Uh, Lamar Jackson was out, I believe. I can't remember the quarterback's name, Josh Johnson, something like that. He was starting, so you do have to take advantage of moments like these when it comes in the season to just get those easy wins against your division rivals. That keeps them at the three spot for the playoff picture at the moment. Outside of that, you've got the Chiefs coming up next week. So hopefully this win this week can help nullify this possible L you take to the Chiefs next coming week. Outside of that, I mean, a win's a win. You're going to take it when you take it. It doesn't matter if you're playing the G-Leaguers, the third stringers, whatever. Um, as I always say, a win's a win. Yeah, I definitely agree. They did get a big win, but shout out to the Ravens as well. Josh Johnson, uh, he's a third stringer and he had 304 passing yards and two passing touchdowns with one interception. That's a pretty good line, uh, to be honest. Uh, Devontae Freeman, six carries, uh, 17 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. 
And then in terms of receiving, Mark Andrews, eight catches, 125 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, James uh, Proch had uh, seven catches for 76 yards. Uh, Hollywood Brown, five catches for 44 yards. And Rashad Bateman, four catches for 26 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess uh, getting to you, Nate, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Ravens? Well, I mean, they didn't have Lamar Jackson, Jackson, so there was only so much they could do, but I think Josh Johnson played really good, especially for a third stringer. I mean, his completion percent was really good. I think it's around 70, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 300 yards, I think that's uh, very impressive. So uh, pretty good job overall by the Ravens. They just got outpaced by an amazing Bengals team. Yeah, I definitely agree. They're missing a lot of players. Uh, there's not a lot for them to do. Hopefully they can just get Lamar back and sort of bounce back in the coming weeks. Moving on to the next game now, Chicago Bears uh, beat the Seattle Seahawks 25-24. to um, Good game here from the Bears. Looks like Nick Foles got the start here. He had 250 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, and then getting to rushing, David Montgomery, 21 carries, 45 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Khalil Herbert, his two carries went for 21 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. Um, and then uh, getting to receiving, David Montgomery, seven catches, 61 yards. Darnell Mooney, five catches, 57 yards. Cole Komet, four for 49. And then Jimmy Graham at two catches for 30 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Matty, I'm going to get to you on the Bears. I guess, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a nice win. Uh, pretty unexpected as they were on the road. Uh, they were down, what, 17-7 at halftime. So... I thought this was a write-off, but they had a great second half. Nick Foles did great in his first start in, like, over a year or something like that. So, yeah, I feel like Nick Foles, uh, he's too good to be a third-string quarterback. should probably be at least a backup somewhere. But outside of that, the run game wasn't great. Uh, they got it done through the air pretty much, so... Great game from Foles and the Bears. Yeah, I mean, it only seems like Foles can win uh, when he's a true backup. Whenever he becomes a starter somewhere, it just doesn't work out. So I think he should be re relegated to that role on every team he plays on. But yeah, good win uh, on the Bears. Uh, getting to the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, 181 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for him. In terms of rushing, Rashad Penny, 17 carries, 135 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Gerald Everett, four catches, 68 yards and receiving touchdown. DK Metcalf, two catches, 41 yards and receiving touchdown. Tyler Lockett, three for 30. And DJ Dallas, four for 23. Uh, Terry, I'm going to get to you on the Seahawks. I guess, what are your thoughts on, on this team? It's just rough. I mean, you force Wilson back from injury. And it's just been an injury plague season for the Seahawks this year. I mean, the run game has just been decimated by injuries. First, it's Chris Carson, I believe his name is. And then after that, it's Alex Collins going down with injuries. And now you're stuck with Rashad Penny. No disrespect to Rashad Penny, but um, even though he had 135 yards with a touchdown, but uh, you're hoping to get your starters back. And unfortunately, this isn't the year for the Seahawks when it comes to that. Wilson, he did his best, 181 passing yards with two touchdowns, as you said. And the passing game, it looked Pretty much it looked good on paper, but unfortunately it wasn't what we usually expect from this high-powered Seattle Seahawks offense. Um, it's rough. Just to summarize this whole entire year for the Seahawks, 5-10, and 10, this is probably the first losing year with Russell Wilson. If I'm 
if I'm right. Outside of that, I mean, better luck next year. They already got eliminated from playoff contention, I'm assuming. Uh, if I look quickly, yeah, six in the eliminated team, so they have that pick, I hope. Outside of that, I mean, better luck next year for the Seattle Seahawks, but on to the next one. Yeah, unfortunately, they don't have their pick as the Jets have it. So good luck to the, oh. the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all good. And then anyways, uh, yeah, both of these teams, their seasons are done, but good win on the Bears there. Uh, we'll move to the next game. Casey uh, Nation back at it, 36-10, to 10, the Chiefs over the Steelers. A big game for Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, uh, 258 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Daryl Williams on the ground, 11 carries, 55 yards. Derek Gore, 12 for 43 on the ground. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, nine carries, uh, 27 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Byron Pringle, six catches, 75 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Derek Gore had three for 61 through the air. McCole Hardman, three catches, 31 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on the Chiefs. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on this big win? I mean, really impressive. Uh, win by Kansas City, even though um, the Steelers weren't a hundred percent healthy, I feel like uh, they did have they did have T.J. Watt, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess the anchor of their defense was still there. So I still think this is a pretty uh, impressive win, and they were able to limit the Steelers' offense as well. So good job by Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs were also pretty banged up here. I think both Kelsey and Hill were on the COVID list. So, yeah, um, both teams banged up, and the, the Chiefs just pretty much found a way to get it done here. Uh, we'll get to the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, 159 passing yards, passing touchdown, and an interception. I think Mason Rudolph threw a few passes for 35 yards. Um, in terms of rushing, Najee Harris, um, 19 carries, 93 rushing yards, a uh, pretty solid day. Um, and then for receiving Deontay Johnson, six catches, 51 yards and a receiving touchdown. Chase Claypool, four for 41. Zach Gentry had four for 31. And Ray Ray McLeod had four for 25 receiving yards. Uh, just not really much overall for this team. Um, I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on the Steelers? I feel like they're kind of like the AFC version of the Viking. And what I mean by that, week one, they beat the Bills, a great team. And just recently, they beat the Lamar-led Baltimore Ravens, who are still, I think, a top team in the AFC with Lamar. So they have really impressive victories. And like the Vikings, they at least they didn't lose to the Lions, but they tied them. So I know they were without Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger but yeah, that's kind of unacceptable, I feel like. Uh, yeah, they're just another team. That's super confusing. And I felt like they could have put up a fight this uh, this game as the Chiefs were missing Travis Kelsey. He's one of their top guys, uh, easily the best tight end in the league. So, yeah, I felt like this game could have been closer, but no, the Chiefs are just way too good right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the Chiefs are sort of the crop of the AFC at this point pretty much the team that you're probably going to have to go through if you want to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC side because they are clearly the best team. But yeah, the Steelers, they're going to probably need to win out if they want a chance at making the playoffs. Uh, two teams that are also going to have to win out if they want to get into the playoffs, the Las Vegas Raiders beating the Denver Broncos 17-13. to 13. 
Both teams came into this game seven and seven. Uh, the Raiders now are eight and seven and have a good chance of still making the playoffs. Uh, Derek Carr, 201 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. In terms of rushing, Josh Jacobs, 27 carries, 129 rushing yards. Peyton Barber, five carries, 22 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then for receiving, Foster Moreau, four catches, 67 yards. Zay Jones, six for 50. Deshaun Jackson, four for 44 receiving yards. And Hunter Renfro, three catches for 40 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Terry, I'm going to get you on the Raiders. Pretty big win for them. Yeah, it is a pretty big win, especially when you're trying to stay alive for playoff contention. Instead of losing and being probably around where the spot of the Broncos is, which is at 13th and at the bottom, you're at ninth right now and right under the charges. So you're hoping for a couple of teams in the playoff bubble to lose their upcoming game. Unfortunately, that may not happen, especially with the fact that you got Patriots, Colts, and Dolphins all trying to, you know, with some decent or easy matchups. And then, as I said, the Colts do have the Raiders coming up against them. So that is going to be a little tough matchup for this Oakland Raiders team. My mistake, Las Vegas Raiders team. Outside of that, I mean, it's a hell of a good fight that these guys are putting up right now, especially without Darren Waller. They're probably the best pass-catching option. Foster Monroe, as you said, 67 yards with the four receptions. Outside of that, Zay Jones and Deshaun Jackson also put up some decent receiving games as well. But if you're playing against some playoff teams, you're going to have to put up a hell of a lot better numbers than those. Outside of that, I mean, move on to the next one and good luck next week. Yeah, for sure. They're, I think you mentioned they have a game against the Colts coming up. That's pretty much must win at this point. And then you're probably hoping the Dolphins lose week 18 and then try and sneak in there at this point. That's probably the, the only way of them getting in. But yeah, um, solid win here for the Raiders. We'll get to the Broncos now. Drew Locke. 153 passing yards in terms of rushing not much here Javante Williams seven carries 12 yards and a rushing touchdown and then for uh, receiving uh, Jerry Judy three catches for 60 yards Cortland Sutton four for 33 and then Noah Fant uh, three catches for 30 receiving yards um, I guess Nate I'll get to you on the Broncos I guess what are your thoughts on this team I feel like um, this was a little bit disappointing for the for the Broncos I feel like they might have had a chance to um, win this, but I feel like their um, rushing rushing game didn't really um, work out the best. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon didn't have their best running games this week. They were up. Um, they had 13, 13 points to Las Vegas of seven in the second quarter, so they could have played a more conservative conservative game maybe got, get like another touchdown maybe get a couple of field goals and they might have been able to um, come away with with the win without having to do too much so yeah I guess a little bit disappointing by the Broncos yeah it's going to be really tough for the Broncos to get into the playoffs they'll probably have to win out um, even if they do they're going to need a lot of help so um, not a good chance of them getting in at this point uh, we'll move to the Sunday night game now. Uh, this was a huge win for Dallas. They beat the Washington football team 56-14. to 14. Um, Getting to the stats for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 330 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. Um, he was having such a good game, they decided to rest him a bit. Put Cooper Rush in there, 70 yards and a passing touchdown for him. So he even had a good game. Um, in terms of rushing, Zeke Elliott, nine carries, 37 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Tony Pollard at eight carries for 34 yards. And then for receiving, 
Amari Cooper, seven catches for 85 yards and receiving touchdown. Dalton Schultz, eight for 82 and receiving touchdown. Malik Turner had three for 82 and receiving touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, four catches, 66 receiving yards. And Michael Gallup had two for 53, while both Ezekiel Elliott and Terrence Steele had one catch for a receiving touchdown each. Uh, Mete, let me get to you on Dallas. This is the biggest win, I think, of the season. Yeah, how about them Cowboys? Uh, this was, I think, the perfect way to clinch the division on Sunday Night Football. Uh, before the game even started, Washington trying to play mind games, bring their own benches like Dallas. Didn't work out. I've been saying the offense is struggling. Dak breaks out of the struggle. He has a great game. Uh, the uh, running game wasn't the greatest, but I think we can get that fixed up by the playoffs. And yeah, uh, perfect win. Even our lineman Terrence Steele catches a touchdown. So Nice uh, versatility shown by Kellen Moore. Nice little creative play call. Defense is looking great. I don't know if you guys saw the Demarcus Lawrence pick six. Uh, it was pretty impressive. I thought there was no way he's taking that to the house, but he's got some uh, moves. So uh, defense looking good. Offense looking good. I'm trying to not be like the typical Cowboys fan who every season's like, oh, this is our year. I told myself this season I won't be like getting my hopes up, but it's getting really hard to uh, keep my hopes down. So uh, let's see how they do going forward in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when your offensive lineman's catching a touchdown, you're just playing with the other team at that point. Um, yeah, a huge win for the Cowboys here. Uh, we'll get to Washington now. Uh, in terms of passing, uh, Taylor Heineke, 121 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but two interceptions. Kyle Allen comes in, 67 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Jarrett Patterson, nine carries for 33 rushing yards. Antonio Gibson, six for 29. And then through the air for receiving, Deami Brown, two catches for 53 yards. John Bates, two catches, 45 yards and receiving touchdown. Terry McLaurin, three for 40. Then Antonio Gibson at two catches for 29 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Terry, let me get to you on Washington. Yeah, this was a huge blowout. What are your thoughts? Uh, not that much else to say. When you play mind games, this is what you get, especially against a high-powered offense as in the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I could be pumping up the brakes on Dallas right now, but let me just try to talk about that. WFT team or whatever they, they want to call themselves. Um, Gibson looked a little bit limited just due to the fact that, I don't know, like he just got carried by Patterson. I don't know if it's his hip injury that they've been talking about this week. But um, you're hoping that he is healthy. Outside of that, I mean, you're hoping for Terry McLaurin to get a little bit more uh, targets in the passing game. But when you do have your tight end out, I keep forgetting his name the tight end on the Logan Thomas. Come again? Thomas? Logan, Logan Thomas, yeah. Logan Thomas. So when you do lose a significant offensive threat like Thomas, I mean, everyone's going to zone in on McLaurin, and that's unfortunately the fact that this did happen in a game against the Cowboys where they will embarrass you when you're not fully healthy. Outside of that, I mean, they're holding on to their playoff hopes in the 11th spot in the NFC, but they do play the Eagles next week, and I feel like Oya is going to get put down and out of their misery next week. Uh, back to you for the next matchup. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I got to agree with you there. The Eagles are playing a lot better than this Washington team has been lately. So they're going to have to have a really big bounce back game if they want to even have a chance. But um, let's just get to the last game here, the Monday night game, Miami Dolphins beating the New Orleans Saints 20 to 3. Um, good win for the Dolphins here. Saints had a lot of players out, but let's get to the Dolphins first. Tua Tega by lower, 198 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and an interception. Then for rushing, Duke Johnson, 13 carries for 39 rushing yards. Philip Lindsay, 13 carries for 36 rushing yards. Miles Gaskin, only three for 10. So a lot of different running backs here. For receiving, it was the Jalen Waddle show, 10 catches, 92 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Matt Collins had one for 40. Durham Smythe, three for 31. And Mike Kosicki, three catches for 22 receiving yards. Um, I guess, uh, Nate, let me get to you on the Dolphins. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? I think this was a pretty um, solid defensive um, showcase by the Dolphins. Um, even though um, I guess Jameis Winston isn't there and it's uh, Ian Book instead, I think that they did a really good job, uh, I guess, limiting both the passing and the rushing. I'm especially impressed by the rushing because they prevented Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram from getting touchdowns. So really good job by the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think they even had a defensive touchdown as well. So really solid on the Dolphins' defense. I guess getting to the Saints now, no Jameis Winston, no Taysom Hill, no Trevor Simeon. Fourth stringer, Ian Book, you, I believe he just drafted last year or the year before. He gets in, throws, I think, a pick six on his like second or third pass, something like that. It's not a good start. Didn't look great after that. 135 passing yards and two interceptions. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries for 52 rushing yards. Mark Ingram, four for 17 and then through the air. Little Jordan Humphrey, three catches for 70 yards. Marquez Callaway, four for 46. And yeah, that's pretty much everything. Uh, I don't know, Matty, do you have any thoughts on the Saints? Uh, they got really unlucky. That's all I got to say. I think they lost Simeon and, uh, was it, Taysom Hill to COVID. So that's unlucky. And apparently they called up Drew Brees. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't really interested. Apparently he sent them a photo of him golfing. So, yeah, it was Ian Book for them. Uh, like you said, pick six on his second career attempt. And like Nate said, no touchdown for Kamara. So when you're down to your fourth string quarterback, you expect uh, your best offensive player, Alvin Kamara, to carry the load and he didn't have the greatest game, so this was pretty much, I guess, expected, especially uh, if Kamara couldn't do anything like this game. I think it just went the way it should have. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, they didn't really have a passing game for the most part. Uh, they couldn't even really get into the red zone. They only got one field goal all game, so yeah, tough game for the Saints. We have, hopefully, if they get a lot of their players back. They can sort of bounce back next week. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the end of the recap for week 16. Let's move right into the fantasy football pickups for the week. This is championship week in most leagues. So we're just here to prep you with all of the player pickups that you need for that. I guess, Mette, I'll just start with you this time. I guess, uh, which uh, running back pickup do you have this week? Yeah, championship weekend. So you got to make the right calls for running back. I really like Boston Scott this week. Uh, he's playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, 25% owned on Yahoo. 
playing against Washington football team. I think that's a pretty good matchup for him. Miles Sanders is out. Jordan Howard, he didn't practice today. So it looks like Boston Scott, he's going to be plugged in as the starting running back. Uh, he, he did have a start a couple weeks ago. I can't remember how long it was ago, but yeah, I think he had a really good game. He's a good pass catcher. I think he'll put up 10 plus points easily. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely with Sanders out, definitely go take a look at him. Um, for this week, I have Cam Akers for the LA Rams. Somehow, from some sort of miracle, he's being activated this week. Um, it looks like uh, it's probably going to be just to prep him for the playoffs as Daryl Henderson has an MCL injury. So if you're sort of looking for a guy, uh, maybe uh, as a desperation play, that uh, I think he might start the game behind Sony Michelle, but there is a chance that if they get off to a nice lead against Baltimore, that they will they will give uh, Akers some carries to sort of get him, you know, in, into the the mold here. So um, yeah, uh, definitely take a look at Cam Akers. I wouldn't start him unless you have a lot of COVID and injuries, but he's definitely a guy that you should be looking at. And if you have a Week 18 championship, he's definitely a guy you should be stashing for sure. I guess, Terry, I'll move to you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, uh, my running back for the week is kind of self-explanatory. Dare Ogombole. If I got that right, please don't uh, put me on the cross for that one. James Robinson is out with the torn Achilles. Uh, so just go and add him onto your roster. They do play New England on Sunday, so you can expect uh, the guy to be a volume running back too, if anything. Outside of that, I mean, just go with the risk on it. Outside of that, who else is on this roster? Probably Raquel Armstead. Yeah, these are two of the guys that were supposed to have the starting job last year, but then I believe James Robinson came out of nowhere and took the job from them. So just go with the guy that you can't pronounce first. And if COVID pops up, go with Armstead second, I believe. All right. And I guess, Nate, let me move to you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? I guess for the week, you can maybe take a look at um, Rex Burkhead. I think he's around 25% rostered at the moment. Um, seems to be climbing fast because he had a really good fa uh, fantasy week last week, 27.9 um, fantasy points. Um, he's going up against um, San Francisco, so it's a pretty decent matchup for um, Rex Burkhead, I believe. Um, and he is starting, so he should be getting a lot of carries. I'm not sure if he's going to have, uh, I guess, 27 points, but he should be able to um, give you a lot of value, especially in deep leagues. Yeah, I was going to say he probably won't have the same amount of points, but if he's getting volume, that's definitely something you want to look for. I guess we'll move to wide receivers now. Mete, who's your pickup for the week? For wide receiver, I decided to go with Bashad Perriman from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 3% rostered. Should be available pretty much all leagues. He's playing the New York Jets, really juicy matchup. And yeah, he just got uh, activated from COVID list recently. The Bucks targets outside of Antonio Brown, who had 10 catches. They didn't really do that well. The next highest was Cyril Grayson. He had three catches. So uh, one of the two you could look at, but I think Rashad Perriman is the better play. This is his second stint with the Buccaneers. During uh, Jamie Swinson's 30 touchdown, 30 interception season, at the end of the year, at least, he was uh, really going off. I don't know if he was doing it all season long, but yeah, I saw great flashes from him. 
And now he's playing with Tom Brady, argu- arguably the best quarterback of all time. So, yeah, I think uh, he's got a great matchup. I think he could see a lot of targets and put up great points this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're definitely going to be a, a lot of guys um, open uh, for Brady to pass to. You know, hopefully Perriman can get some catches there. Um, I guess for my receiver pickup for the week, I have KJ Osborne from the Vikings. Obviously, we talked about Adam Thielen being out for the rest of the season. So a lot of the targets are, are going to be funneling uh, to Osborne. And it is possible being in Green Bay that they will be trailing for a large portion of that game. So um, he should be getting a lot of targets as well as a lot of catches and a lot of yards, possibly touchdowns. Um, Terry, let me get to you. Uh, who's your wide pickup for the week? Yeah, Osborne's going to trump all of our pickups at this rate. My pickup was Alan Lazar of the New Bay Packers, only 28% owned. With Marcus Valdez scantling coming off of the COVID list, you're assuming that he is going to take some time to get his stamina back up. So I'm hoping for Lazar's uh, snap percentage just to be above 80% in this game. Um, outside of that, I mean, try to temper your expectations because of the Adams to Rogers to, uh, connection. Outside of that, I mean, I got nothing else. All right, and I guess, Nate, let me move to you. Who's your wide out pickup for the week? I guess for wide outs, you can maybe take a look at Braxton Burials, but I feel like this is more of an, an asterisk pick because it's kind of dependent on um, who's starting. If Jamison Crowder is in, then you probably aren't going to want to take a look at him, but he is questionable, and I think he uh, wasn't able to practice, so there's a chance that he could um, get in, and he did get double double digits and fantasy points so if he gets um a lot of targets if he ends up getting the start then he should be able to give you a lot of value deep leagues. all right and um let's just move now to quarterbacks i guess Mete, i'll start with you i guess who's your quarterback pickup for the week or quarterback i went with trey lance from the san francisco 49ers 19 percent rostered and he's playing against the texans another Great matchup, I think. Jimmy Garoppolo is out. So Trey Lance looks like the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. Like I said, he's got a juicy matchup, especially if you're in a two-quarterback league or you're desperate for a quarterback. Lance is definitely intriguing. Uh, He's got rushing floor, which is great for fantasy. I know, uh, I think he started two games. He hasn't looked that great, but... He's gotten more practice in, so I feel like he'll look even better with a nice matchup against the Texans. All right, and I guess uh, my quarterback pickup for the week is Justin Fields uh, for the Chicago Bears. It looks like there's a chance he should be back this week. Um, Definitely, he's a guy that you can roll out there, as he has been pretty solid in his last few outings, Um, and he has that rushing upside. Um, he'll be playing a, a New York Giants team that pretty much has nothing to play for at this point. So uh, it's a juicy matchup. Uh, definitely if you're in a pinch, you're in a two-quarterback super flex league, go at Justin Fields. Uh, he's definitely a, a good start. Um, and then we'll move to tight ends now. I guess, Terry, I'll start with you. Who's your pickup for the week? Pickup from last week is going to be my pickup for this week. He's still 32% owned. Got to go with Cole Komet. Um, Outside of... Darnell Mooney show, as James would know, since he's one of the Mooney owners, uh, he's still, uh, Komet is still one of the favorite targets in the Justin Fields offense. Outside of that, I mean, 
probably expect them to have like five targets, six targets, at most seven. But you can probably expect possibly a, who do they play? Because outside of... Uh, yeah, they're playing the Giants. If they're playing the Giants, then it's going to be a perfect matchup. Uh, the defense isn't very good, and the secondary, well, you hope it was good from the start of the year, but it considerably isn't. So expect a touchdown, hopefully, with maybe 50 cents worth of yards. Yeah, for sure. We just got to hope Jimmy Graham doesn't steal his touchdown again like he did last week. Or <laughs> mommy. Yeah, and then, uh, Nate, I'll get to you, I guess. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? I guess you could take a look at um, Tyler Conklin, provided that he's um, healthy. I think uh, last week he ended up getting six points against the Rams, so um, there might be a chance that he might get somewhere around six points against the Packers if he gets enough targets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely a solid add with Thielen uh, having surgery to end the season. Um, yeah, um, definitely uh, both him and Osborne must pickups for the Vikings. And yeah, that's going to be the end of this uh, pickups portion of the Fanatics football episode. So we're just going to move uh, right into the preview for week 17. No Thursday games this week. So we'll start with Sunday. I guess, Metti, I'm going to get to you first. Philadelphia Eagles against Washington. Preview that one. All right, let's get the week 17 preview rolling uh, for Philadelphia. Standard leagues, I'm going for Jalen Hurts. My pickup of the week, Boston Scott. I, I think he's going to have a great week. Dallas Goddard. And then deep leagues, I'd start Devontae Smith. And uh, Philadelphia defense, definitely worth a look as well as Washington offense has been struggling. So for Washington's uh, starters in standard leagues, Antonio Gibson, he's struggling, but... At this point, you kind of just got to roll with him. And then Terry McLaurin uh, for deep leagues. You could look at Taylor Heineke if you're really desperate. Or if you're in a two-quarterback league, you might have to just go with him. And, yeah, that's pretty much the guys I'd go for in fantasy. All right. And um, moving to the spread now, the Eagles are favored by three and a half points on the road. I guess, Mete, which side do you like here? They are on the road, but I feel like that spread is too low. The Eagles are red hot, so I'm going with the Eagles. All right, Terry, getting to you, I guess, which team do you like here? I feel the Eagles right now. Washington's been allowed too much points. I feel like the Eagles are going to be one of the easy ones this week. Yeah, I feel like the spread's kind of low right now. While it's low like this, grab the Eagles before it keeps moving, I guess. Uh, Nate, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like the Cowboys should be able to cover this. Uh, I think you mean the Eagles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's all all good. This man got distracted by your hat. But anyways, uh, Nate, we'll we'll jump right back to you. I guess preview the Colts against the Raiders. All right, so for the Colts, uh, you can maybe take a look at uh, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., and in deep leagues, um, maybe... T.Y. Hilton and uh, Mo Ali. And in Las Vegas, you can maybe take a look at uh, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Darren Waller, if he's healthy. And then if Darren Waller isn't healthy, maybe you can uh, take a look at Foster Burrow. All right. And uh, moving to the spread now, the Colts are favored by six and a half at home. Uh, this time, Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess, which team do you like here? 
Um, it kind of depends. I feel like the Colts are um, pretty hot right now, so I think I'd ride with the Colts. I guess, Terry, what are your thoughts on that? I think I heard something on one of these gambling websites saying how the road team is one of the last three matchups. I don't know if that's a, a fake fact or something like that, but the Colts are too hot to let that happen, especially on home turf since you said that. Uh, give me Colts. All right, Matthew, let me get to you, I guess. Uh, which team do you like here? This is a tricky one as the Colts would have to win by seven. But the Raiders, they've, they haven't looked too great, especially on offense. So I don't know. I think even though uh, the Raiders aren't looking great, I might just side with them as they're on the outside looking in for the playoffs. I feel like they got to bring it for these last two weeks, and it should be a close game, I think. Yeah, I think there might be a chance that Darren Waller's out for this game. If that's the case, yeah, give me the Colts. They'll win probably by like 10 at least. Uh, this Colts team's really hot right now, like you guys said. Um, getting to the next matchup, Jacksonville against New England. I'll preview that one for fantasy. Uh, so for the Jags, the only start is the man that Terry brought up for pickups, uh, Dari Ogunbowali. I think that's how you say his name. Um, he's He's the only guy I would even consider rolling out against New England just because if New England's susceptible somewhere on their defense, it would be to the rush. Um, and then, guys, you should probably sit or maybe a deep league start. Trevor Lawrence, Laquan Treadwell, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chanel, and James O'Shaughnessy. Then for the Patriots, starting Damon, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, whoever gets the start. I think Harris is questionable as we speak. Um, Hunter Henry should get a lot more targets in this game. Definitely uh, roll him out as tight ends are kind of shallow and then yeah Jacoby Myers um, he's the main target in this offense so definitely roll him out in PPR leagues as well and then deeply guys probably like Mac Jones uh, Kendrick Bourne Jonu Smith and Brandon Bolden so uh, getting to the spread uh, Patriots are favored by 15 I guess uh, Mete let me start with you I guess uh, which side do you like that's a big spread but I don't know. This Jaguars team, they're not looking too great. Patriots are home too. So even though it's a big spread, I think I might have to go with the Patriots here. Yeah, I think at this point, the Jaguars have pretty much given up on the season. Their operation tank mode. I think you have to go with the Patriots here. Um, yeah, it seems like a no-brainer for me. I guess, Terry, what are your thoughts? All I got to say is Jacksonville's going to get booed right out the freaking door when they lose this one. Um, straight up, I don't know what's going to work for this team. He, uh, Mente just brought up it was a home game for the Patriots. So, I mean, just having Patriots maybe. It is a big right. spread, but, yo, I don't even know what to say for this Jacksonville team. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? I mean – there isn't really any real advantage that Jacksonville has here. So I'm just going to go with the Patriots. All right. And I guess moving on to the next game, uh, it's Atlanta against the Buffalo Bills. Terry, I'll get to you for that one. All right. Um, let's see if I still got it. Cordell Patterson, I would say running back two as you start. Uh, Russell Gage, probably a wide out two, wide out three. Kyle Pitts, tight end one. And my deep league sits and starts, Matt Ryan, Probably a quarterback two in deep league, maybe quarterback one, depending on how big your 
uh, league is. Mike Davis probably going to sit him. And Olamet, I can't remember this guy's name, Zacchaeus something. You got to help me out here, man. I really don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, just know it's the second wideout on the Atlanta Falcons depth chart. If you didn't hear the guy's name, it's going to be most likely a sit. For the Buffalo Bills, more easier names to pronounce. Josh Allen, quarterback one. Uh, Devin Singletary, running back two. Most likely a running back three at most. Stephon Diggs, wideout one. Isaiah McKenzie, wideout three, depending on if Cole Beasley is healthy. If Cole Beasley does play, I would put him as a flex option, as always. Dawson Knox, tight end one with the way he's been playing. Deep starts and sits. Zach Moss, Emmanuel Sanders, Thomas Sweeney, if he gets any touches. If you ain't heard the names, don't even start him. All right. And um, I guess getting to the spread here for this game, uh, it looks like the Bills are favored by 14 and a half points. I guess, Terry, uh, getting to you, uh, which side do you like here? That's another big spread. Um, for some reason, I feel like the defense of the Bills – they might pull this one off. I just got to go with the Bills on this. I don't trust the offense on the Falcons right now, especially with Ryan uh, holding it down. All right, Nate, let me bounce to you. I guess, um, which side do you like here? I think this is a bad matchup offensively for the Falcons because the Bills have a really good pass defense and uh, the Falcons don't really have a good defense in general. So I think you're going to have to go with the Bills on this. All right, Matty, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like here? Yeah, I'm on the Bills wagon as well. They're at home. And earlier in the year, they were completely blowing teams out. Falcons, they're not looking great lately. So I think Bills is the choice for me. Honestly, I feel like the Falcons still have something to play for. Um, they're definitely not in the same league as the Bills. But, I mean, 14 and a half points is a lot. If the Bills win by 14, the Falcons can still cover. So, I think there is value to go with the Falcons as they will definitely try and play their best. And, I mean, they're only, like, what, one game away from 500, so they definitely still have a shot at it. So, um, I think the Bills definitely will win this game, but I think the Falcons have a great chance of covering here. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the LA Rams against the Baltimore Ravens. Matt, I'll get to you for that one. Yeah, this should be a good game. For the Los Angeles Rams in standard leagues, I'll uh, start Matthew Stafford, Sony Michelle, Cooper Cup. Uh, he's been pretty much the fantasy MVP this year, having a great uh, season. Tyler Higby, Odell Beckham Jr. looking great with the Rams. And even Matt Gay, he's been a good kicker. So for Baltimore, Standard leagues, Lamar Jackson, if he's available. If not, go for Tyler Huntley. He's looked great in the last couple of games that he's had to start. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, and Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in the league. Uh, deep leagues, you can go for Josh Johnson if he has to play again, if Huntley and Lamar are out. He had a good game last week, so I think... If you're desperate for a quarterback or in a two-quarterback league, he could definitely be worth a look. Rashad Bateman and then Devontae Freeman. All right. And uh, getting to the spread now, uh, looks like the Rams are favored by three and a half on the road. I guess, Matty, I'll start with you. Which side do you like here? Uh, it's kind of hard to tell right now. We don't know if Lamar is in. And the Rams are red hot. So 
Uh, might as well go with the Rams. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like even if Lamar's back, the Ravens are pretty banged up, in my opinion. So I think the Rams are starting to get healthier, starting to look better. I think I can go with them at three and a half. But I guess, Terry, what are your thoughts? The four-game winning streak, as Menti was saying, um, the Ravens, on the other hand, are, I think, on a four-game or a three-game losing streak. And as I said last week, when I came to Cincy and the Ravens, it all depends on Lamar Jackson's health. Uh, with that being said, let me go with the Rams if he is out. All right, and uh, getting to Nate, I guess, which side do you like here? Um, I kind of like the Rams. Even if Lamar was in, I feel like three and a half isn't too big of a spread, so I think Rams should be able to cover that. I was going to say the Rams are playing for the division title still, so they still have something to play for, so I think it's motivation for them as well. Um, getting to the next game, uh, New York Giants against the Chicago Bears. Nate, I'll get to you on that one. All right. So for the New York Giants, honestly, it's kind of a reach to try to start anybody. But I guess if you had to start someone, maybe in deep leagues, you could take a look at Saquon Barkley just because of his talent. Maybe Devontae Booker because he's been doing all right. And then maybe Evan Ingram. And then for Chicago, you can take a look at David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert, and Polkamet. All right. And uh, getting to the spread, <clears throat> it looks like the Bears are favored by six at home. Uh, Nate, uh, which side do you like here? Um, I like the Bears, honestly. Um, Giants haven't been doing too well, so I feel like might as well go with the team that's been doing better too. Yeah, I mean, I think Justin Fields is a chance he's back. And, I mean, he's looked really great. I think the Bears could definitely get the win here and probably cover as well. I don't know, Terry, what are your thoughts? For some reason, I got to go with the Bears here. I mean, I don't trust the Giants' defense. And I barely trust their offense if Daniel Jones isn't even on the field. Both these teams, like, barely score as well. That's another thing. I mean, if the Bears scored a little bit more, I would have been fully confident in having the Bears on this. But right now, I'm just second guessing myself. I'll go with the team with the better record. Bears. All right, Mette, how about you? Yeah, I don't think there's any need to second guess. Daniel Jones, pretty sure he's done for the year. The Bears are home. Giants have looked terrible without Daniel Jones. I think the Bears seem like the obvious play. Yeah, I don't think the Giants have anything to play for at this point. Uh, I definitely agree with that. And then uh, moving on to the next game, Miami against Tennessee. I'll preview that one. Uh, so for the Dolphins, you're starting Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Parker. And then for deep league starts or guys you could sit, uh, Mike Kosicki's been kind of cold lately, so maybe only in a deep league. Miles Gaskin is splitting carries with Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay at this point. They're not even playing Salvan Ahmed at this point. So there's just too many running backs in the kitchen at this point. So probably just sit all of them unless you're in the deep league. And then uh, moving on to the Titans, uh, Deontay Foreman's looked like the main guy there. So you can probably start him. Um, AJ Brown, main guy in terms of reception. So start him. Then deep league guys are guys you can sit. Ryan Tannehill, uh, Chester Rogers, uh, Anthony Ferkser, Jeremy McNichols and Dontre Hilliard. And I think the other guys are out for COVID. So no Julio Jones and no Nick Westbrook-Akeen. So um, yeah, we'll get to this, the spread now. Um, it looks like the Titans are favored by three and a half. I guess, Mete, this time I'll start with you. I guess, which side do you like? 
I gotta go with the Dolphins. They're red hot. And the Titans, they did win last week, but I don't know. I wasn't too convinced with their performance. And like I said, the Dolphins are just way too hot to pick against right now, I think. All right, Terry, getting to you, which side do you like here? Fins, ever since their hot streak probably started, can't tell if it was week 10, 9, something like that. Probably allowed the fewest points in the NFL. That's just what they were saying on some of these gambling websites. Outside of that, give me the Fins. All right, Nate, what about you? Which side do you like? I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think both teams, they're not the best at um, protecting against the pass and A.J. Brown's back, but I guess I'll still go with the Dolphins anyway. Yeah, honestly, it's tough to pick in this one. I think both teams have a lot to play for. Um, I think the Titans have been recently hit by COVID, so I think that might give a chance for the Dolphins to cover here and possibly actually win the game. So I think I might lean with the Dolphins as well. Um, I guess moving on to the next game, uh, Terry, I'll get to you for Bengals against Chiefs. Okay, let's start with the Chiefs first. KC Nation, uh, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback one. Daryl Williams, if Clyde Edwards there is out or limited in this game, I put him at running back two, volume-based. Not volume-based, but um, just dual threat eligibility-based. Derek Gore, I was going to say Frank Gore for a second, but I got him at the flex, if anything. Travis Kellis, tight end one. Tyree Kill, wide out one. Sits in deep starts. I got Byron Pringle and all the other wide outs that they got on the list down in KC. Outside of that, I mean, if you ain't heard the names, just sit them. For the Bengals? Yeah, of course. The Bengals, Joe Burrow and all that. Um, Joe Burrow, probably a quarterback one. That's probably biased. Jamar Chase, wide out one. That's probably biased. Joe Mixon. You know what I'm about to say. Probably bias. Running back one. Um, Tyler Boyd, I'll probably put him at flex. T. Higgins. Yeah, this is pretty much a big list of bias from a Cincinnati fan. I got him at wide out too. Um, my deep sits, probably Samaje P. Ryan at running back and then CJ Usame at tight end. You got Usame, probably starting him as your tight end one in deeper, deeper leagues, but have him as a tight end two in probably any other league. Honestly, not too much bias there. I think after the last game that Joe Burrow had, I think you have to put him at QB1 at this point. Um, he's been playing really solid. But, yeah, let's get to the spread for this game here. Um, it looks like the Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. Uh, Terry, I'll start with you. Do you think the Bengals can cover here? I would have really loved it if we played like this last week, this week. But knowing the way the Chiefs play sometimes, it's not going to be the case. They end up, they're on an eight-game winning streak. And with that said, I feel like this is where the two-game winning streak comes to the end. Uh, for some reason, I got to go with the Chiefs on this, even though I'm a diehard Bengals fan. All right, Nate, I guess what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, I guess the wise thing to do would be to go with the team that has an eight-game winning streak, but... I don't know. I feel like the um, Kansas City, they do have a good defense and they can flip the switch. But at the same time, I feel like um, Joe Burrow has been and the rest of the offense on the Bengals have been clicking right now. So 
I feel like five might be doable for the Bengals. Yeah, this is a tough game to handicap, honestly. Um, yeah, it could honestly go either way. Who do I think is going to win? Probably the Chiefs. Do I think the Bengals can keep it close? They have, and they've come back from deficits as well. So maybe I might lean with the Bengals there. I don't know, Matty, what are your thoughts? You guys said the spread was five for the Chiefs? Five and a half. Five and a half, yeah. Uh, it's a tough call for sure. And yeah, I just quickly commenting on Terry's rankings. I kind of like them too. I don't think you were being that biased at all. But getting back to the spread, five and a half. The Bengals are playing nice, but like Terry's saying, they're on an eight-game win streak. They're red hot. It's really hard to pick against the Chiefs. So I got to go with the Chiefs as well. All right. And uh, moving to the next game, uh, we got Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New York Jets. Mete, let me get to you for that one for fantasy. All right, so for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in standard leagues, you're going for Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. He did have a rough week, but he's got a good matchup here. I think he can rebound. Tampa Bay defense and special teams and Ryan Suckup. I feel like Tampa Bay is going to be scoring a lot of points and he's going to get to kick a lot, especially if you're in a league where they count extra points. So... Uh, deep leaks, like I said, pickup of the week, Rashad Perryman. I think he'll have a good game. Cyril Grayson as well. And Kayshawn Vaughn. He is the running back too, but I feel like uh, this game could become a blowout. And then uh, the Buccaneers pulled their starters around like the third, fourth quarter. And so Vaughn could look look to get some carries, I think. For New York, only guy I'm trusting in a standard league is Michael Carter. And in deep leagues or two quarterback leagues, you could look at Zach Wilson. Or uh, pickup of the week, Braxton Berrios as well. He's looked pretty good lately. Yeah, I think he even made the the Pro Bowl, actually. So he has had a great year. Um, I guess we'll get to the spread now. There's a lot of different spreads here. I think the average is uh, 13 favoring the Bucs. Um, I don't know, Mete, uh, you said it's going to be a blowout. Are you taking the Bucs? Yeah, I got to go with the Bucs. I know the Jets are home. They are playing a bit better lately, but it's the defending champions and Tom Brady, so I got to roll with the Bucs. All right, Terry, I guess what are your thoughts? I got no faith in this Jets team right now. Um, don't get me wrong. I like the idea that they did beat the Jaguars last week. This is brilliant company. I don't think they're going to take two embarrassing losses in three weeks. I feel like this is going to be a, I don't know what to say, like public execution or something like that on CBS, Fox, whatever they're going to have it on. <laughs> Give me the bucks. All right, Nate, I guess getting to you, I guess which side do you like here? I mean, as tempting as it would be to go, to go with the Jets, I mean... It is the Buccaneers, so I guess I'll just go with the safe pick for this time and go with the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, as Terry would say, the Jets are the Jets. So I think I have to go with the Bucs here. I mean, I I feel like you could put the spread to like minus 20 or minus 21, and there's a good chance the Bucs will still be able to cover. So yeah, uh, give me the Buccaneers here for sure. Um, Yeah, we'll move to the next game now. 
Um, we got Denver against the LA Chargers, big divisional game. Nate, let me get to you for that one. All right. So for Denver, you can maybe take a look at Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, uh, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, and then in deeper leagues, maybe Teddy Bridgewater if he's healthy, and I guess maybe Albert O, depending on how many minutes that he gets. And then for the Chargers, you can maybe take a look at uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, uh, maybe Justin Jackson and Jared Cook as well. Right, and uh, we'll get to the spread now. Looks like the Chargers are favored by six and a half. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess which side do you like? Um, I guess you can go with the Chargers. Um, I think it depends on if um, Teddy Bridgewater is fully healthy, but he didn't play last week, so I guess I'll go with the Chargers. All right, Terry, getting to you, I guess, which side do you like? Chargers. <laughs> no, I was going to say that, but now at this rate, I don't know what to say. Say the spread again? Uh, six and a half for the Chargers at home. Six and a half for the Chargers at home. Hmm. Versus Denver. Yeah, give me the charges. All right, Mete, I'll get to you. Which side do you like? Why charges? Uh, they threw all this. They might have thrown away their playoff chances with the loss to the Texans. I'm kind of having trouble trusting them. So yeah, I think the Broncos. They're not too bad. I think they could keep it close. I'm going with the Broncos. Yeah, just looking at this game, honestly, I feel like uh, this is a perfect bounce back game for the Chargers. I feel like they'll, uh, you know, they'll be motivated to play better. And I mean, I don't know what Drew Locke's against the spread record is, but I think he's been pretty profitable to bet against. So um, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers here at six and a half. Um, getting to the next game, Houston against San Francisco. I'll preview that one for fantasy. So for the Texans, they are getting Brandon Cooks back, and he's the only one that I would start in standard leagues. He's been a machine for them outside of that. There's not really a solid option. Deep league guys could be, I mean, could go with Davis Mills. He has been pretty good lately. Uh, Rex Burkhead, obviously he had the game script working in his favor last week. I'm not really sure about this week, so he's probably only a deep league start for me. Um, Nico Collins as well, and Brevin Jordan has been getting some touchdowns, so you can look at him as a deep tight end. And then in terms of um, the 49ers, uh, Eli Mitchell or Jeff Wilson, whoever gets the start, that's the one you want to roll out in standard leagues. Uh, Debo Samuel's their main guy on offense at this point, so roll him out. And I know George Kill had an off game, but he is pretty much a monster at this point when he's on his game, so definitely roll him out as well. Uh, deep league guys, Jimmy Garoppolo if he plays, if not Trey Lance. And then uh, Brandon Ayuk, he's been up and down, but he's had more downs than up at this point. So he's probably just a deep league play. Um, getting to the spread now, looks like the 49ers are favored by 12 and a half. Uh, Mette, I'll start with you this time. I guess, which side do you like? 12 and a half is kind of big, but I don't know. The Niners are at home. This one's kind of tricky. I know I was saying... Uh, Trey Lance has got a good matchup, but he's still a rookie. So maybe the Texans can cover, honestly. 
I think it honestly depends on who's playing quarterback. If it's Trey Lance, I mean, you got two rookies going against each other. I think it would be a pretty close game. So I guess in that case, I'd go with the Texans. If Jimmy G is there, I feel like they might limit uh, him from, you know, throwing too much. And uh, I don't know. It's really tough to call. I guess, Terry, what, what are your thoughts? Repeat the spreading it. Uh, it's minus 12 and a half for the 49ers at home. 12 and a half? Jeez. Yeah. Um, if it was less, I would have won with the Niners, but 12, that's rough. Uh, yeah. I might have to go with the Texans on this. To be honest, if you mess this one up, you can't really blame it because the spread's way too high in a game like this. Yeah, I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? Well, it's kind of hard to tell because um, the Houston isn't at home. If the Texans were at home, it would have been easier to for me to pick the Texans. But I feel like um, it, it depends, like you said, if Trey Lance is playing. It looks like he might be. So that, um, that might, I guess, lessen the ceiling of San Francisco's offense. And I think in terms of um, San Francisco's running defense, I feel like it could be a good matchup for the Texans. They did upset the Chargers, which have a good passing offense as well. So maybe the Texans can cover this. Yeah, I think it honestly depends on who's at quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, if they go right back with Jimmy G, I feel like this is just a classic bounce back spot for the 49ers. They should get a big double digit win. But as at, at the moment, we don't know. So I'm probably going to have to go with the Texans there. Um, I guess moving to the next game, we have Carolina against the New Orleans Saints. Terry, let me get to you for that one. All right, starts from the Carolina side. Chubba Hubbard, uh, I would say running back two. DJ Moore, probably put him at wide out two, maybe wide out three, depending on the situation there. Outside of that, there's not that much else. Deep sits and starts. Uh, Sam Darnold at quarterback. Robbie Anderson at wide out. Amir Abdullah running back. Honestly, there's not that much upside in this offense for me right now, especially with their quarterback situation. With Nola, on the other hand, AK-41, Kamara, got to put him at the one spot. Taysom Hill, if he is healthy, put him at quarterback two. Marcus Callaway, throw him in flex if you don't have anything else. Deep sits and starts, Ian Book, if he finds a way to start, just throw him in on the, I believe, a quarterback two if you're in like a, 30-team league or something like that. Mark Ingram, uh, Traquan Smith, and Adam Troutman. Outside of those three, if you didn't hear the names, just don't start them. All right, and uh, we'll move to the spread here. It looks like the Saints are favored by six and a half points. Uh, Terry, let me get to you first. Which side do you like? Six and a half points. Uh, if Hill does play, I would go with the Saints here. But if Buck finds a way on the field again, you got to go with the Panthers. I don't know why. So this all depends on the Saints quarterback on game day. I know it doesn't really give you a lot of clarity, but if I would have to say it, go with the Saints. All right, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like? It's a little hard to tell. Taysom Hill is in, I think, so... And then at the same time, Carolina's, uh, I guess their offense has been off, but the Saints defense, they've been slipping a little bit. So maybe they'll be able to keep it close, but 
I feel like I'll still go with the Saints. All right, Matty, how about you? Which side do you like? I think I'm going with the Panthers. Uh, like we said, we don't know the Saints quarterback situation right now. And you said it was six and a half, right, for the Saints? Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a bigger spread. Sam Darnold is back. I think they'll play much better. So I'll go with the Panthers here. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold is back, but I think Cam Newton's probably still going to get that rushing touchdown he gets every week because they always find a way to sneak in that package somehow. So, um, yeah, honestly, it just depends on how the Saints play. I think I agree with what you guys are saying. For now, I would lean with the Panthers, but um, if the Saints do have everyone back, I think they should be able to make easy work of this Panthers team. So I am going to lean with the Saints. And then uh, moving to the next game, uh, Detroit against Seattle. Let me preview that one for fantasy. So uh, for the Lions, uh, you'll be starting DeAndre Swift as he should be back this week. Um, and Amon Ross St. Brown has been pretty solid, so you should be safe enough to roll on as a flex in standard leagues. Um, I guess deep league uh, starts. Uh, don't touch the quarterbacks. Uh, there's, we don't know who's starting, and they have not been producing. Um, but in terms of uh, other guys, Jamal Williams is a, maybe a flex in a deep league, and Khalif Raymond as well. I think the rest of the guys are on the COVID list, so it's going to be tough to start anyone else. Um, and then getting to Seattle, uh, you'll roll out Russell Wilson, obviously. Uh, Rashad Penny had a big game, roll him out. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And then deep leaguer sits um, Alex Collins, Freddie Swain, Diaz, Rich, and Will Disley. And then uh, moving to the spread here, it looks like the Seahawks are favored by seven. I guess, Matty, I'll get to you. Which side do you like? Uh, it's kind of tough. If Jared Goff is playing, I honestly might go with the Lions. They're looking much better lately. They're getting DeAndre Swift back, I think. Uh, Monra St. Brown is going crazy right now. So, yeah, if golf is back, give me the Lions. If not, I think the Seahawks should cover. But as of now, I think golf will play. So, I'll go with the Lions. All right, Terry, I guess, what are your thoughts? Okay, I'm going to let this right. You said Lions six and a half? No, Seahawks are favored by seven. Oh, my bad. Uh, if it's seven? Shoot. I mean, this is the Lions team right now. They only got two wins. Realistically, I feel like Wilson's offense isn't that bad against this Detroit Lions defense. Give me the Seahawks. All right, Nate, I guess bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like? It's a little hard to tell. Um, Unfortunately, the Lions aren't at home, so that doesn't really help. Um, I think Seahawks, they've been slipping a little bit as well. Uh, I think their past defense isn't hasn't been so good lately. Their rushing defense, it may not be enough to contain DeAndre Swift this week either. So you might be able to go with the Lions. I guess looking at this game for me, I just look at the draft table. Who has a first rounder? who doesn't have a first rounder. And I mean, the Seahawks want to move as far away from the draft table as possible. <laughs> so I think they'll definitely cover this, whether it's six and a half or seven. I think they this is pretty much must win. And they did dispose of the Texans a couple of weeks back pretty handily. So I think they'll do the same for the Lions. 
Um, and then moving on to the next game, uh, it's going to be Arizona against the Dallas Cowboys. Mate, let me get to you for that one. Yeah, it's a huge game. So let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Standard leagues, you got to go with Kyler Murray. I think Chase Edmonds, even if Connor is back, you could play him. As we've seen uh, earlier in the year with Connor and Edmonds, they like to split their carries. So, yeah, even James Connor, you could play in a standard league. Zach Ertz, for sure, he's looking great in the Arizona offense. And then Christian Kirk, without DeAndre Hopkins, he's looked really reliable. And then deep leagues, AJ Green and Rondale Moore, if he can play, I think he's hurt right now or questionable. You can look at him too. For Dallas in standard leagues, you could go for Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and then Dalton Schultz. In deeper leagues, definitely look at Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup. And if you're feeling kind of feisty, Dallas defense, they've been playing great. They get takeaways pretty much every game, but it's a really tough matchup, I'd say. I think the Arizona Cardinals offense is really good, so... Yeah, if you're feeling gutsy and you don't have many better options, you could bank on the Cowboys getting a turnover. So the defense could be a look. All right, and uh, we'll move now to the spread. It looks like the Cowboys are favored by five and a half. Mete, I guess uh, you're on the Cowboys? Yeah, I think I might have to side with them here. The Cardinals are kind of slipping lately. The Cowboys are at home too, so I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, Terry, I'll move to you. I guess which side do you like? Hot team versus a cold team. Give me the hot team on this one. Give me them boys. All right, Nate, let me move to you. I guess which side do you like? Arizona's cold and they don't. Um, I, th- I think some of their players are questionable and Cowboys have been on a win streak so far. So let's go with the Cowboys. Yeah, honestly, for me, uh, Dallas has clearly looked like the better team here. Um, It's just tough to tell when Arizona is actually going to have that bounce back game. I I probably will lean with the Cardinals because the Cowboys could still win, but the Cardinals will cover. But uh, the Cardinals do have a chance to win here. So um, it's honestly just going to depend on when the Cardinals have that bounce back game. And I think just to be safe, uh, I'll just go with them at, at plus five and a half here. Um, and then getting to the next game, uh, it's Minnesota against Green Bay. I guess, Terry, I'll get to you for that one. All right. Let's see. Uh, Minnesota side of the football, Kirk Cousins, quarterback one, borderline quarterback two, if you like that. Damon Cook, is he healthy? Hold on. Yeah, he should be. I think he's coming off COVID this week. Yeah. All right. If he's coming off COVID, then put him at running back one in the story. Uh, Justin Jefferson due to the Adam Thielen injury. Hopefully, feeling gets better over the offseason. Wideout one, KJ Osborne, wideout three or flex, Tyler Conklin, tight end two. Sits and deep starts, I would put DD Westbrook as a wideout, possibly three or four, depending on how big the league is. And Alexander Madison has that insurance policy, especially if you got Dalvin Cook. With Green Bay, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback one. Aaron Jones, quarterback. Mompad, running back one. A.J. Dillon, 
it, doing a decent combination with those two guys, I would say probably a flex option in the deep, well, not deeper leagues, but flex option or possibly a running back to Adam the Adams, yeah. wide out one. Alan Zor, I would put at flex, and my sits would be Marquez Valdez Scantling, because we all know Boomer Bust, right, Nathan, and Josiah DeGuardi as tight end. But that's all I got. All right, and we'll move to the spread for this game. It looks like the Packers are favored by six and a half at home. Uh, Terry, I'll start with you. I guess which side do you like? All right, so six and a half, so that basically means seven. Four-game winning streak for the Packers right now. Honestly, I would be interested in going with the Packers all in on that, but, like, the Vikings are fighting for their playoff lives right now, so they have to win this, if anything, just to make their lives a hell of a lot easier next weekend in Week 18. I'm not sure who they're matching up against right now, but I feel like we're going to see that hot Vikings team, even without Adam Thielen. Just give me the Vikings on this, on a Minnesota miracle. All right, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like? I mean, on one hand, the Packers are at home, and apparently they're 7-0 at home. But on the other hand, Cleveland did face them last week, and it was pretty close. And I feel like the Vikings are... They have a similar style of play to the Browns. And I think Dalvin Cook is just as good as Nick Chubb is. And Kirk Cousins is pretty solid as a quarterback. So I feel like the Vikings could at least be like six or lower. All right, Mete, I guess I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? Yeah, Nathan and Terry made great points. I'm thinking the same way as them, uh, the Vikings. They're playing a lot of close games. They're fighting for their lives. They already beat the Packers earlier. I feel like uh, they play pretty good against the Packers lately. I think this could be a close game, so I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah, honestly, um, with the Packers being at home, I feel like that they're going to win for sure. I think the only question is, like, will they be able to cover? Um I think there is a chance they are able to cover because they still have something to play for. They're playing for the, the bye. Um, they're in the NFC. Um, honestly, the Vikings are just so up and down. Um, it's really hard to tell which team's going to come to play. Uh, I don't know. I might lean with the Packers just because they have been the best team against the spread this season. Um, I expect them to keep it rolling, and they're not resting any of their starters yet. So I think uh, they should be a safe option to go with. And then uh, getting to the Monday night game, uh, Nate, I'll get to you for Pittsburgh against Cleveland. So for Cleveland, you can take a look at Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry. In deep leagues, maybe Austin Hooper and David Njoku. And then for Pittsburgh, you could take a look at uh, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Pat, Pat Firemuth if he's healthy. All right, and uh, getting to the spread now for the Monday night game, it looks like the Browns are favored by three and a half points. Uh, Nate, are you going to be rolling with the Browns in this game? Well, I guess Steelers have been, I guess, cold lately. Browns, their offense has been cold, but their defense has been able to keep them in games. And I'm a Browns fan, so I'll just go with the Browns. All right, uh, Terry, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like? This one's kind of rough on my head. Uh, 
I assume the Steelers are probably above the Browns when it comes to the standings. So probably 11 and 12 in the AFC, respectively. Um, I want to see Steelers right now. I don't know why. And that's all I got to say. Uh, Matt, I'll bounce to you, I guess. Which side do you like here? I heard three and a half. I'm assuming it's for the Steelers. No, it's for the Browns. They're favored by three and a half. Oh, yeah, I feel like the Browns should win, but I'm expecting a close game. I feel like the loser of this game is pretty much done for the year. So yeah, due to me expecting a close game, I'll go with the Steelers, but I feel like Browns could win. Honestly, I feel like I know how sometimes you guys say like, oh, if this the game's a toss up, sometimes you want to go with the team that's getting points. So I feel like, yeah, taking Pittsburgh, you should be on the safe end, no matter which team wins, if it's going to be a close game. So I don't know who's going to win this game. Like you said, one team is going to be eliminated most likely after this game. So, yeah, I think I will go with the Steelers just because they're getting the three and a half points and they're at home. So. And I think it could be Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz as well. So take that into account as well. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the end of the preview for week 17. Huge slate as all the teams are playing again, obviously. Um, yeah, um, that's pretty much the end of this Fanatics football episode. Um, just make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Um, and then for the podcast episode, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. All that good stuff. And, yeah, guys, um, it's getting down to it. It's almost playoff time. This is when uh, December football, January football, it's getting exciting. I can't wait for it. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.